2: Welcome back to Open the Voice Gate for June 29th, 2021. We are members of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. You can find us on the Voices of Wrestling feed or on our own dedicated podcast feed on all podcast platforms applications. You can follow us on Twitter at Open VoiceGate. If you like to the if you would like to donate to the show, you just click the link in the show notes. it will take you to our Red Circles landing site. You just click the red box that says sponsor this podcast and you set up a one-time or recurring donation. I'm one of your hosts. It's your old pal, Iron Mike Spears, joined alongside my friend and co-host, Case Low. And Case, how are you doing this week?
1: Mike Spears we're a month away from Kobe World. Where does the time go? How did we get here? What's going on? I'm doing all right. I'm doing. Uh, I'm doing. I'm doing okay. All things considered. How are you, good sir? You know, I had
2: an interesting night after a recording on Tuesday last week.
1: What you got for me?
2: So. As people can probably guess by me dating the shows each time, we, we our regular recording times Tuesday nights. Uh, Pudge is at a point where he is totally fine, like, downstairs, if I'm downstairs. But, like, if I'm recording and if it's something that I know I can't pay attention to, he's still six months old. So, he he's crate trained. He loves his crate. There uh, People who think crate training is inhumane, there's a lot of, like, studies done. It's actually fosters their den kind of sensibilities like the innate wolf side of them but pudge did something in his crate last tuesday that pretty much sent me on a tailspin for the rest of the week
1: okay well this i'm unaware of this information so what happened
2: oh so uh one of the things i do because just to keep him like occupied you know keeping positive things like that's the thing about crates if you're someone that's getting a dog adopting a dog and you don't know if they've been crate trained before, the key about crate training is you keep it as positive as possible. Like, you feed them in the crate. You give them their, their favorite toys in the crate. You give them their favorite treats in the crate. And one of his favorite things is uh, Kong, the dog toy monolith Kong. They have, like, this special toy that is a normal-sized dog bone, but on the ends of the dog bone, there are, like, uh, basically holes in it, so you could, like, put treats in there, and the idea is that the dog will chew on the rubber and it'll get them moving it will get them thinking about how to get the treats out right like it's a pretty simple thing uh he ate half of the rubber bone on tuesday night while we were recording
1: It does not seem ideal mike spears i'm not a doctor but that doesn't seem good
2: yeah and as a doctor told me they were surprised how well pudge chewed up this bone their exact words were rice size fragments haven't seen a dog done this before Luckily, they were able to get it all out and he's fine. But I was at a emergency, a dog emergency room until about 1230 Tuesday night after our show. And let me tell you, there's no good time ever happening at an animal emergency room ever. Like I witnessed a woman in a parking lot getting like while their pet, I assume, was being cared for go through like a breakup on the phone as I'm sitting in the parking lot, just going like, "Christ!" I, because of this time case, I didn't know, like I knew he ate half a bone. I didn't know like if it was lodged, there's going to be obstruction. If he was going to get an x-ray, you know, surgery or anything like that. So I was already in a bad mind state. And then just like, I was laying down on one of the benches they had outside, just looking at the stars. It was a nice weather out there and could hear a lady, on her cell phone, as loud as possible, in a parking lot at 11 o'clock at night, go through a breakup saying, I thought you promised me you'd love me forever. You know, like all that stuff. While I assume that this person's pet was being cared to for a very serious matter. Like just insane thing. I was like, how is this happening to me? Like this well- this, the stuff that happens to me and only me, Mika's.
1: Well, that rocks. Anyone breaking up in public, as long as it's not you, it is funny. And I know that is cruel. But when you're the third party in a break, when a breakup doesn't affect you, it's generally pretty funny. I got a Facebook notification today that the, the last dog that my parents owned died three years ago today. And while I like that dog and while that was sad when it happened, Mike, I don't know how you do it. You put so much time and energy into caring for this dog, and I just don't have that in me. Uh, Obviously, we'll get an update on my love life when we talk about Manscaped a little bit later on in the show, but the, the, the girl that I've started seeing, her roommate has a dog, and going over to her apartment and having to be around this dog for any period of time at all, is objectively hard for me to do like it's i don't i don't like like animals yeah i just don't like animals and if i had one catastrophe like that uh after everything you've been through with pudge in like three months now or six months however long you've had this dog one incident i'd be like you know what not for me and you continue to trudge on you continue to fight on i don't know how you do it but more power to you glad that your dog is okay
2: you know it's something that like other than like my parents' pets and of course like friends and family's pets like usually i am not very much like an animal person like crazy allergic to cats dogs i'm somewhat allergic to but i sound and i feel just as well as i did before Pudge came home so you know good for me there but like you you set yourself up like and i feel like that like any sort of having pets i i think like the best mindset anyone could have is all right While this pet is here, while this animal is here, I'm going to try to do my best for the pet. And like this, because I know that, like, just because of the cruelty of the universe, that I'm going to outlive this thing, like, no matter what, unless you have a Galapagos tortoise. And then I probably think you are a drug dealer. But (laughs) you just kind of have to have that mindset, just because, like, uh, I I forgot, like, I'm not going to try to, like, say a idiom out of turn that's the other show that i do that on but you just kind of like you, you know and you kind of steal yourself for it and i know like that but i mean you know he's doing better each day he is not right now having a kong bone in his crate so i think everything's gonna be okay and here's the thing the vets told me because of his other issues stick with kong or benny bones or nyla bones and i'm like okay now it's like all right he's getting these one kind of things i can't did it because of how poor or like how, like all the stuff he's been through, like you can't trust him around like, uh, like, uh, rawhide, like, he's just like, it's just gonna completely send this dog. Like, he got sick for like two weeks and it was just because, like, he ate duck poop once. Like, he has a very sensitive system. Yeah,
1: I'm not doing that. I don't, I, I don't have the patience nor the energy nor the care to deal with an incident like that. Maybe a cat at some point in my life. I would never initiate that cat purchase, but if somebody I was with wanted a not I could at least be talked into that. I'm not, I'm not owning a dog. I, I just, I don't get it. There's too many other things that I love in life, like Dragon Gate, to deal with the stress of having a pet. I can't do it. I'm very cold-hearted, and I've accepted that.
2: Yeah. It, 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 you know, like, I thought my brother was the same way. Like, he famously, after our childhood, dog had to be uh, put down he said, like, I, I'm never going to have a pet again. I can't do that. And then his fiance has a very sweet elderly chihuahua mix, and he found a cat that he adopted named Golly. And he's like, now, but like, now I'm a cat guy. So I could see you ending up that way, Kate. Okay.
1: Yeah, I could see me ending up a cat guy, too. If I play my cards wrong uh, very easily, that I become the cat guy in the neighborhood. Uh, Mike, if Masadi Yoshino plays his cards right, He's going to be retiring one month from now. How crazy is that? I, I, it
2: didn't like, like, of course, like we've done like a lot of stuff. And there's a lot of stuff that will be coming on Voices of Wrestling on the week of Kobe World and Speedstar final. But it was, I have a giant whiteboard in one of my rooms, in my kitchen, where it's a calendar where like I write down like all my work stuff, all Pudge's stuff all the Dragon Gate stuff, all the W stuff, all the podcasts I'm doing, just like I, I have to have it physically in front of me. And writing down August 1st, Speedstar final on my whiteboard for July, just kind of just, that took me aback. And there was something else that took me aback that came out yesterday, Case, okay, so that we wanted to talk about before we got into this weekend's Kobe show. And this was a two-part interview from Sponichi Annex that was translated on Reddit by Reddit user NSM1. That is very fascinating because Mizato Yoshino does not do very many interviews, and this is a very, very thorough one.
1: Yeah, especially compared to what we get from the rest of the Dragon Gate roster. I know, you know, especially with New Japan, and that's eventually what I hope Dragon Gate gets to is just how strong the english language coverage has gotten uh within new japan their in-depth interviews with guys like tanahashi with shingo and okada i would love to see that sort of thing uh translate to dragon gate but we don't have that at this point yet but what we do have is somebody who translated an interview an interview from a japanese publication with yoshino and it's the first time to my knowledge that we've heard yoshino talk on the record about his retirement talk about some of some of his injuries And just talk in general, because Masato Yoshino, a man not on social media, a man that we don't know much about, a man that tends to enjoy and keep a pretty private life. So to have a two part interview, even just briefly touching on things like the Italian connection was a very exciting read for me.
2: Yeah. So this is just fascinating. Like the only other content I know of like Yoshino really kind of like talking about that kind of stuff was back in the prime zone days when they would have like this series. It might still be up on the Gate network where they, everyone talked about like their special moves. And this was during monster express. And he was explaining like why his lariat is thin why his hand is held open. And he delivers a slap as a part of his lariat rather than like the close fist run through. And he's like, Oh, it's from baseball. Like I played baseball for so long. Baseball is my favorite thing outside of wrestling. And, it simulates like throwing a baseball. It's something. It's a very natural action for me. You, you just don't get this from Yoshino. Like that was the most I had before this.
1: Yeah. If there, I, I, I'll just jump right into the interview, and we'll put a link to this on the podcast description if you have not read it yet. It's also on our Twitter and Open Voice Gate. But hearing Yoshino talk about his retirement a little bit, and specifically uh, the question being asked of how is your condition now that your retirement has been postponed, and Yoshino saying. I pushed myself a little too hard at the end of 2020 and at the beginning of 2021, the condition of my old neck suddenly worsened and I had to sit out. I couldn't even hold chopsticks because of the numbness and pain. I couldn't lie on my back or face down and I couldn't lie down. So I couldn't even get into sleeping position. And then he goes on to say, even when I tried to sleep sitting up, I couldn't sleep because of the numbness and pain. And I could only sleep for about an hour and a half uh, a day. In such a situation, there was a treatment called Vital React Therapy in the Kochi Prefecture, and I spent half of the month in Kochi getting there, going there, and I managed to come back to this point.
2: Yeah, so we knew about this place because this is where Yamora went, like, famously, and it was, like, something that, like, why he wasn't around, but it was like, oh, yeah, no, he's spending half his time in Kochi Prefecture because, like, I remember, I think it was... Jay, who said on commentary, he said, like, he woke up one day and was like, That's, I can't do anything, like, after all of this. And it's just, you know, like, he talks about how he originally wanted to retire in 2020. Of course, COVID pushed it back. He said that after he injured his neck in 2017, he was already thinking about retirement. Of course, apocryphally, he was told, you We could fix your neck here, but you won't be able to wrestle your same style, or we can rehab it and we could see how long you go but you will have a finite time in the ring and this kind of like follows up on this because he wanted to be the speed star and he said in 2017 he would he decided on three years since 2020 it would be been his 20th anniversary and i would turn 40 he felt like there'd be a good time to retire some point there that's why he announced it at his retirement in 2019 and he thought that in regular 2020 not the bizarre one we went through that he would spend the rest of the year giving back to the fans who support him but then of course you know, COVID and he mentions COVID's the reason why it was postponed and then that that was like a very heavy first part of it. But the second part of this interview case is really fascinating, talking about him entering wrestling, him and the Italian connection, him leaving the Italian connection and just kind of like overall his legacy in Dragon Gate.
1: Yeah, specifically, and I saw a few people point this out on Twitter, but somebody asked, or I guess the interviewer asked him about his Tarzan character, Sexy Tarzan, and the Italian connection, and Yoshino said that he had been playing baseball all of his life. He had short hair basically his entire life, and then Ultimo told him to grow his hair out, and Yoshino was basically like, I was in a position where I couldn't say no, I had to grow my hair out, and thus the Sexy Tarzan character was born, uh, which is, you know, I mean, look, if Yoshino would have stepped away from wrestling after 2005 when he had done that character for four or five years. I think his career would have been looked at as a win, let alone the 15 years that followed of various high points at tag team wrestling and trios wrestling and singles wrestling. There's just a lot in here. It's worth the read. Like Mike said, we're going to have plenty of Masao Yoshino coverage throughout the month of July leading up to his retirement. This was just a really nice glimpse into a side of Yoshino that, that we don't often get to see.
2: Yeah. And a lot of this, and then it's worth reading. So we're not going to completely go point by point in this thing. A lot of it was talking about how he went from the Brave Gate into the Dream Gate at when he turned thirty on his tenth year anniversary. And I, I didn't really think of it at the time. This is a guy who's had some nice synchronicity in his career.
1: Oh God, yeah. I, I mean y- Yoshino is such an interesting guy. Just to look at, like, and I think my view of Yoshino as a wrestler has really changed. Over just the past few years, because when I was uh, first getting into Gate, so we're talking seven or eight years ago at this point, and going back and watching even a show like Kobe World 2010, I remember just thinking, okay, Yoshino's the fast guy, Yoshino's great in, in trios matches, I don't know if I buy him as this main event, top of the line star, and not only has my opinion on that just completely changed over you know the past seven or eight years but now he is he is this promotion and something that you know i have talked about at length that i'm gonna have a big masato yoshino piece on voices of wrestling.com once we get closer to his retirement which is now very very soon but the question of what does masato yoshino mean to dragon gate is a question that i've asked a lot of people and they've all had to take a step back and really think about that because since 2002 basically he has been a, a recognizable and intriguing and dynamic figure in this promotion. And once Shima and the Stronghearts split in 2018, this promotion became Masano Yoshino. And it's it's incredible to think about because, again, he could have just been the greatest Open the Brave Gate champion of all time. He could have just been Sexy Tarzan. He could have just been Yoshino of Naruki Doya Masaru Yoshino speed muscle, but he has continued throughout his career to take step up and take the next step up and take the next step up, up until, as we talked about, you know, with him pushing himself too hard at the end of 2020, with him continuing to up his game, he put on an amazing performance in the Dangerous Gate 2020 cage match. He put on an amazing performance while he was in the ring in the final gate unit disbands match. He's continued to up his game until he literally couldn't anymore. And it's been just an incredible career.
2: Yeah, and it's something that I know that because of the cage match last year, uh, I had to answer my portion of this article of yours very quickly because we had both the realization of they're not going to do this, but just in case we had to like, be aware of this. But I don't, it's going to take a long time to like get like, and it's going to take some hindsight, I feel like, to really get what Masato Yoshino meant to the dragon system and what it means in dragon gate just because it's something that it's not just about like okay how can we say it in 2021 and it's something that at least for like the people that personally have worked with him it's a very hard thing to say for people who have observed him it's a very hard thing to say and it's going to be something that i'm actually in a way looking forward to 2031 taking a step back 10 years after retirement and then i feel like they would be able to take things like very much in the whole view in the way you know like just be able to like look back and see it and and of course with like Yoshino and within the company it'll be very clear what what sort of post-retirement role he may have in this promotion as well and I feel like that that might be the thing that gives us a little bit more of I I I don't think that they will ever have like a true answer because it's such a personal question but I feel like that there will be more of a accepted answer maybe that's a that's still not really the way I can I, I'm trying to say this. Uh, well,
1: I, I think the reality will have just set into such right. a point yes. that it'll be able to easier because this is the the biggest domino that has ever fallen in Dragon Gate. Because you can look at wrestlers that have retired. You know, Sua had left Dragon Gate and then had his retirement show in 2007 and then did a weird comeback. But you know, Sua was a Dragon System guy who retired from wrestling. You obviously have the Anthony W. Mori retirement show that I think was at the end of 2010. As a Cork and Hall shows, Anthony W. Morey, nice little mid-card wrestler, but not the foundation of this promotion. You had, you know, Shima, T-Hawk, Elenderman, Takahiro, Yamamura, those guys left, which just, you know, threw the promotion into a tailspin. But it's not like they had, you know, obviously did not have this this grand ceremony to wish them well. It was pretty much the exact opposite. So, Drangate being, you know, 21 years old, we've never... We've never been in this position before. We've never had a retirement of this scale. I think, you know, obviously no one's going to be able to hit the levels that Yoshino has, but we're going to see this, I think, quite a bit over the next few years with, you know, guys like Kness stepping away and maybe Super Shisa finally calling it quits officially. And then you've got, you know, your Genki, Susumu, Kanda, guys that are machines that eventually the machines are going to run out of gas. And this is just, it's new territory for Dragon Gate. It's a very interesting thing to watch because these guys are machines and they are superhuman to some extent, but they will eventually meet their maker. They will eventually have to call it quits. And it's crazy to think that Yoshino is really the first high profile guy to do that, but he's not going to be the last.
2: No, no. And however, I will say with the exception of very certain, uh, very specific people, I don't think we'll see a show like Speedstar Final again. Like this, unless like Ultimo decides to hold up, hang up, and I get the sense that Ultimo is just going to keep on going. Like as much as I love Kness, and I love Kness, he's not getting like a show at Kobe World at all for him. And we're immediately right after uh, Kobe World, right? Like this is a once in a lifetime event that's going to be upon us at the at the beginning of August with the Speedstar Final.
1: Speaking of wrestlers that are getting up there in age, and this is probably the best time to mention this, uh, Drangate Network just uploaded the Susumu and Kness versus SB Kento and Hyo match from the Kness and Gamma 25th anniversary show. I have not had a chance to check that out yet, but I have had a chance on social media to... Look at the t-shirt that Kines was wearing for this show. This Kineska shirt says realize full power, the bond of brothers Kines and Susumu. I don't know where to find this shirt. I have looked on the internet. I do not know where to find it. If you know where to get me a Japanese extra large of this t-shirt, please tweet at me at underscore in your case and let me know. I will pay international shipping for this t-shirt. It is a fucking great t-shirt
2: folks what you need to do is you need to go like three years from now you need to go to the Osaka area thrift stores and that's <laughs> yeah. where you might find it
1: so. you'll you'll find one signed by Gamma probably <laughs> <laughs> it's like oh it was my homecoming show too it's uh, technically my apparel
2: <laughs> i mean gama's gonna make the money i mean he's gonna chase the bag
1: yes yeah that is uh and, and of course i have not been to japan but i know from people that have if you want used ring gear and you don't want to be creepy gamma's your guy because obviously the the joshi look if your thing is the joshi world that's fine you could buy their gear just don't tell me about it if you just want in-ring gear that's been worn gamma will hook you up that man loves to sell the clothes off of his back
2: (laughs) check out depo mart or totocon and you might be able to find that like those are the two places that are popping in my mind but depo mart more sells gear like you could like that's where ultimo used to sell his masks so there's options
1: out the there. my, my favorite thing and i've said this on the show before seeing ultimo dragon at aw in 2017 watching this man in the main event uh win the fall cut his promo and then walk from the ring to the merch table and just start hawking out masks is one of my favorite visuals I've ever seen. Didn't go to the back, didn't need a drink of water. This man went from the ring to the table seamlessly.
2: But did they at least play Desperados as he was walking from the ring to the uh, merch table?
1: You know, that I don't know, but I I, I will say, and I, I I certainly don't want to encroach on Andrew Rich's territory at Music of the Mat, but watching this Kobe World Show... I realized, oh, I don't know any of these theme songs. Guys were coming out for the Battle Royal, and I had absolutely no idea who anyone was until they popped up on camera. I recognized zero <laughs> of these theme songs.
2: Speaking of someone who had issues growing out his hair, Case, let's talk about getting rid of it. Support for Open the Voice Gates brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's blow the waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. They obsess over their technological developments to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. We have an exclusive offer for our listeners today, 20% off plus free shipping with promo code OTVG at Manscaped.com. And, you know, the Perfect Package 3.0 case, we've been talking about this now for a couple of months. We've got to put it through the paces, but the thing about the Perfect Package Kit, is the crop preserver. And the thing about the crop preserver right now is most of this country, we're in the middle of one of the worst heat uh, stretches in recorded history. Like if you're in the West Coast here, but the crop preserver, what it does for you, Case, it is an anti chafing ball deodorant moisturizer. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smartest part of your body? And that's right. Yes, your balls stink.
1: Mike. I am getting some. I am getting lucky this summer. I'm having a white boy summer, and I attribute all of that not to my quirky personality, not to my uh, broad shoulders. I credit all of that to the fact that I use the crop preserver whenever I leave the house. It is a game changer. It has me feeling more confident. It has me feeling more fresh. It's not even a fake it till you make it. I now suddenly possess the power to know that I am going to be ready at a moment's notice to get it on the other thing that i love about the perfect package 3.0 kit is on that shaver that lawn mower 3.0 the led light for a more precise shave is unbelievable it's waterproof you get the little light there i grew up playing baseball mike i was a high school caliber athlete okay i i i at one point in my life was a pretty fit individual I always had terrible depth perception, could never play in the outfield, could never read fly balls well. Well, I had another issue with balls and depth perception, but not anymore with the LED light and the waterproof lawn mower 3.0. I can't recommend it enough. And that's not to mention the other goodies that you get if you get the perfect package.
2: That's right. You don't just get the crop preserver. You also get the crop reviver. It helps your balls from sweating, stinking and smelling and you could also get two free gifts in the perfect package, a pair of high-performance boxer greaves to keep your junk feeling fresh all day, and a travel shed bag to store all of your grooming goodies. And, you know, I'm someone that I had a dop bag case since I was in high school. And for me, that's getting farther away. Like, like I've now spent more years out of high school than I have in high school. So Manscaped with the bag, you know, I, I'm starting to travel again. You know, I mean, COVID's up now. I've got a trip ahead of me and, you know, I'm bringing bringing the boys with me. I'm bringing the Manscaped goods with me and I'm going to be using the shed bag with that. So trim that junk of yours. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code OTVG. Your balls will thank you. Again, 20% off plus free shipping with promo code OTVG at Manscaped. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job with Manscaped.
1: When you are shaving your balls, when you are getting intimate, I want you thinking about me and Mike Spears. I want you using the Perfect Package 3.0. Uh, Mike, I just got a text from my lady friend uh, as we were recording this. She said, what are you doing? And I said, podcasting. And she has not responded. I somehow feel like that was the wrong answer. We haven't really gone over. Oh. We haven't really gone over what I do on Tuesday nights. I told her from the start, I was like, hey, Tuesday night, it's a no-go for me. I'm always booked. She didn't really ask follow-up questions. She didn't really say, like, oh, what do you? are you, like, uh, working with a charity? Are you, like, donating to, like, uh, underprivileged youth in Chicago? I'm actually kicking back with my boy, Mike Spears, and we are talking about the second biggest Japanese wrestling promotion there is. Thank you so much for asking. I have not heard back from her since I answered podcasting. I do feel like that was the wrong answer. The thing that I like about this woman, though, she's been in my apartment numerous times now. I I believe this is canon on the show. I think I've mentioned this, that I do have a... A Grand Hamada Universal Libre show poster from 1991 hanging up in my apartment. I have I have two wall decorations. I have this Hamada poster and then the three studio albums that Modern Baseball released. I have those framed on my wall. It is psychotic decorations. What I like about her, she has not asked about any of them, and I think that is a, a great plan. Now, if she asked me, what am I doing a podcast about? I think we're close enough at this point to where I can kind of spin it and make it sound cool. Like, oh, no, like, I'm like an expert. Like, people... I'm a journalist. Yeah, people actually, like, respect my opinion on certain things. Uh, (laughs) But I like that she just, like, saw a poster of, like, shirtless Japanese men on my wall, and she's like, I'm not going to ask about that. Like, whatever he's into, that's fine. I think that's really cool. I, uh, look, so far, things are going tremendous. I'm a very happy camper right now
2: yeah I, as you mentioned this whenever you bring this up here i look around my office and i keep all hey I, I, I think this is canon as well i keep all my wrestling stuff in one room it's in my office and i'm like looking at the stuff here i'm just like oh there's gonna be some questions asked like like you can get away with a poster, but when you have like uh posters from like a, a show that Masaki Mochizuki did with uh Minoru Fujita for Minoru Fujita's twenty fifth anniversary. There <laughs> there are going to be questions. When you have various lucha libre masks on your wall, there are going to be questions. So in case maybe she saw that it's like, okay, you know, that they, they didn't crawl they didn't like uh fire any neurons. Like like there was no synapse happening here. I'm looking at my room, all kinds of synapses will be happening there. A lot of questions. But I also do have a really awesome framed uh sketch of the original patents for the baseball bat and the baseball in my office as well so it's not all just geeky wrestling shit to be fair
1: no, no it's also geeky baseball shit which is uh, obviously such a tremendous improvement over geeky wrestling shit uh i, I watched uh, over the weekend she was over we watched rupaul's drag race together this is a show i had not seen before uh first of all what a show so many characters so much fun but i do feel like now that she's like shown that side of me I'm like, well, she can probably watch like Drangate USA United Philly. Like I could show her the main event of that and she'd be like, OK, these guys are doing flips. This is kind of cool, I guess. Like it's it's coming. I'm sure at some point she's going to be over on a Wednesday and I'll be live tweeting her thoughts at AEW Dynamite. Of course, I will not be initiating that. She will have to initiate that herself, but I'm sure it's happening down the road. I mean,
2: it's all baby steps. Well, like, you're probably at that point in the relationship now or the budding relationship where you're like, okay, here's what happens Tuesday nights. And that might be happening right now. Are, are there any dots on your cell phone now? Like, this is going to be the thing I'm going to be most interested in for the next 30 to 45 minutes.
1: Uh, i've got nothing mike i have got nothing just staring at a blue bubble that says podcasting with a period
2: <laughs> well oh okay so, so this isn't an android uh, iphone thing you'll be able to no, see no when- no,
1: look i no it, i i'm not dating an android user to quote my good friend sean sloan if i see the green bubble i just assume you're poor i'm not doing that it's blue bubble or nothing
2: yeah uh, well you had a nice segue that i butchered because i we needed to do the addery case but this Kobe Sambo Hall show that was on June 26th. A lot of stuff kind of happening there. Uh, attendance 350. They haven't run Kobe Sambo Hall since April because of the state of emergency, so I think that's pretty explainable there, plus having a Masato Yoshino match there as well. Just overall, just off the top of your head, what was your big takeaway from the show on the 26th?
1: Fun show. Uh, I, I really am really I, I'm really satisfied with the direction of Kobe world I love everything that's been announced so far I don't think there was anything that hit my spreadsheet on this show but I also found everything to be watchable and at times very enjoyable I went three and three quarters on the main event so yeah. a very watchable show
2: yeah nothing spreadsheet spreadsheet for me I had two three and a quarter matches here but you know everything was pretty watchable it it was like one of those things that when I pulled up the file, since I did not watch this live, I saw three hours. I was like, okay, either they didn't edit something or there were some hijinks. And boy, were there some hijinks that happened after the semi-main event.
1: Yeah, absolutely. This was this was a, a an angle-heavy show in the second part, and I, I'm okay with that given the angles that took place because, Mike, we kind of... I guess I, I'm actually going to give this credit solely to you. You kind of nailed the... Uh, Masaru Yoshino angle that was going to take place on this show I asked you last week is there something that Masaru Yoshino can give to Dragon Daya from his feud from Yoshino's feud with Dragon Kid that would make sense in storyline and Dragon Daya gets the from jungle since his teacher Dragon Kid had the Cristo. it makes sense in storyline you uh, nailed that more power to you I mean it, it,
2: it kind of got to a point where it's like okay like just process elimination like it would be tight to see Dia do the lightning spiral but from jungle just like it, it just fit like a glove there so that that was not the only thing that happened there we'll get to that in a little bit because boy masada Yoshino had a good time in kobe sambo and i'm glad that he had a good time
1: Oh, hey, if anybody deserves to kick back and have a good one, if anybody deserves to uh, verbally berate Punch Tomonaga on a microphone at this point in their <laughs> career, it is Masada Yoshino. Yeah. He has earned that.
2: All right, let's just get it into this right now, because this is the highlight of the show. Like The, the show is watchable, it's just enjoy, enjoyable. So after the semi-man event, uh, Masada Yoshino bequests the From Jungle to DIA for the reasons that you explained. But then Punch Tomonaga hit the ring because Punch Tomonaga decided to be very greedy. And if Yoshino was handing out stuff, he would, he would gladly take anything Masato Yoshino was going to give him.
1: Yeah, this is classic Punch, uh, biting off more than he can chew. Uh, he saw that it, it, Punch Tomonaga was basically like an eight-year-old at a birthday party where he sees the, the birthday boy getting presents. And it's like, well, I, I want that too. And we're like, No, Punch, it's not your birthday. Like your time will come, we'll get to you and punch is like, No, 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 but I and seeing how much fun this is i would also like to be a part of this and he asked it basically he like at that it, to use that metaphor went to the biggest box that was left and was like i'm gonna take this and we we're like no you're not punch tabanaga asked for the soul nasiente the lightning spiral and masada yoshino said no in punch and it an even uh just a, a more psychotic bow goes oh well give me your entrance music and masada yoshino once again says no
2: just tremendous and then right afterwards he was like uh okay he, he, if you want something you're gonna have to prove it and then he had him run the ropes and then everyone just left his dragon storm played
0: <laughs>
1: yeah that's uh that, that's absolutely tremendous stuff punch tamadaga stays winning uh it's amazing <laughs> I, I was like i don't know his career is just fascinating whenever i see punch like even in moments like this i'm like this man beat shima in a singles match on a pay-per-view once that is so insane to think <laughs> they they really tried to make punch a thing and if you weren't deeply invested in Gate in the summer of 2014 he's just a comedy character to you but there was a time where you're like no punch punch might be a thing and it is just died to death in the funniest way possible
2: one of the scariest moments in dragon system history i would say, <laughs> I
1: would say. So,
2: so, so go over this show it opened up with a high-end open mic kind of just doing the same thing that kagatora saying i'm the mic worker of the group and everyone's like yeah okay okay but i went right into the opening match it was the high-end team of yamato and kagatora versus don fuji and the aforementioned punch domonaga kagatora got the one in 10 minutes and 41 seconds with the guru makakari
1: Anytime, and we mentioned this last week when we were previewing the show, anytime you get Yamato and Don Fuji on opposing sides, it's going to be a win. And we're in this point in Yamato's career where, you know, two or three years ago, I don't know if this match necessarily has the spark that it did here, but Yamato is still working his ass off on pretty much every single show. And I thought what he and Fuji did here was a lot of fun. Kagatora in high end is just the perfect little, you know, least important guy in the unit. Uh, a very uh, painless, very fun opening match.
2: Yeah, I mean, this was a three-star flat match. I mean, the big story was the fact that Don Fuji started throwing chairs immediately as his theme was playing. His theme played all the way through, and he refused to get in the ring before shoving Punch Shamanaga in there. And then, you know, he's had an axe of against Yamato since Yamato debuted. Like, this is not a new beef. This is like a 14-year-old beef at this point.
1: Oh, it's, lo- it's, hey, Mike, it is long-term storytelling in the same way that... Uh, Matt Riddle ha- wanting to high-five Randy Orton is long-term storytelling. Yamato and Don Fuji throwing chairs at one another is in that same vein.
2: I'm going to believe that that's a storyline there because I do not touch the poop.
1: Dude, I swear to God, that's like a thing. Oh, as I Matt Riddle's, it. Matt Riddle's like trying to high-five Randy Orton and he won't do it. And I think that's the whole story.
2: Hmm. <sighs> But you know Akira what?
1: Tozawa, WWE 24-7 champion, isn't that a good feeling, Mike? He's been there for five years now.
2: Are you just trying to lay all the bad vibes on me at, in like a 30-second period?
1: I'm just like, it's it speaks to how talented Akira Tozawa is that... He is like he is on Monday Night Raw every single week now from allegedly this is what I've heard. I'm not I look I've seen some gifts. I'm not saying I sit down and watch the show, but it's just it's a testament to how good he is that they see him as a worthwhile comedy character, which is the quickest way to get on TV is to have the sense of humor of a 12 year old or the humor of a senile old billionaire. But like. It's just amazing. He's been gone for five years, Mike. He he never, I I don't think he ever wrestled Shun Skywalker. I don't think he ever wrestled Ben K. Think about all the new guys that like Tozawa and SB Kento could be doing their damn thing right now. And this man's wearing a ninja costume in the Thunderdome.
2: I mean, he's also taking Ike Jiro, who is a full kit wanker to angels versus temple <laughs> bay race games
1: and it is canon that giro is a wanker uh that is obviously well known Jiro is the perfect fit for there i honestly like i had a little bit more tolerance for Jiro than most people because when he was briefly doing strong hearts at jason stuff i was like oh my god he's per- like he's perfect with these guys oh, as he's kind talented. of their traveling opponent yeah he's very talented He's one of those guys that I think uh, his his ceiling is probably good WWE TV worker. And I think that's awesome. I hope he kills it there. The issue is that Akira Tozawa's ceiling is world champion for the second biggest promotion in Japan without a ninja costume. I
2: mean, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I, hey, speaking of Monster Express, Tony Nese, you want him back in the promotion?
2: I mean, he was on the roster page for another three years after he had his two tours
1: i'd book that flight tomorrow look I, there are times where i was critical of tony nice i i had a real love hate with him for a while he was really good during most of his run in the wwe like because he i watched 205 live for a very long time i watched 205 longer than most and nice was consistently good i would put a, if he wanted to come over i'd get him on a flight tomorrow i mean i feel like that's like
2: a good fit because he doesn't have to talk ever you know like yeah the, i i mean like the the the, 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 like the real, real choice is have Tony Niece run back the Premier Athlete brand right now.
0: <laughs> like,
2: what's Mister Ray up to? Like Andrea, Mister Ray. Oh no, Andrea is selling. Uh, what was I, saw? I uh, herbal remedies and medicinal marijuana right now.
1: I just think Tony Niece and high end would actually be a really good fit I, if we could get some like Yamato Dragon Kid Tony Niece six mans. I'm fucking into that.
2: Yeah, and I feel like that Ham Binke and Kaisukeku. Well, Kaisukeku can make friends with anyone apparently. So. Coolest man in the world. Coolest man in the world. Yeah,
1: uh, Keisuke is equivalent of the dosekis commercial. Keisuke is the most interesting man in the world.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. That I mean, I'm just wondering. Like, look, look, like, case before your time, there's such thing as a Rolodex. Are you aware at all about what a Rolodex is?
1: familiar with the concept never owned one but familiar with the concept well i mean ne- neither
2: have i i mean uh we are of generations that i'm imagining okay very much easier his contact list must be insane oh god yeah so that that is something i would love to be like hey uh who's the wildest person in your contact list okuda so, just interested just just, I- just kind of want to know you already had gacked come to a n- dragon gate show
1: Mike, were you familiar with the Netflix original series, Slobby's World? No, no. Okay, so there, there's one season of the show. Look, I loved it. I would recommend it. It's a guy, about a show. It's a like a documentary type show about a guy named Slobby Robbie. He owns vintage stores in Arizona, and his whole thing is he's the king of bootleg Gucci stuff and vintage clothing, and what I need MLW to do is I need them to fly Kaisuke Akuda over and then I will fly Kaisuke Akuda to Arizona and we will go vintage shopping because I think he would really oh, wow. get a kick out of this slobby Robbie individual.
2: Oh yeah. No, just like, just want to hit some stores with him. Like with KZ, you take KZ to the record stores. You, you take a, uh, you take a Kuda to go out close shopping.
1: I have, I have locations for them in Chicago. I would love to show them around the Wicker <laughs> Park area. I would love, Corp no- Bauer, if you're listening, let me take the Drangit guys shopping when they get to Chicago.
2: I mean, speaking of two guys that I would like to hang out with, this was coming up in the second match case. This was what I called the early Mike Spears birthday present singles match. Misaki Mochizuki versus Funky Jackie Kamei. Mochizuki won in 12 minutes and 24 seconds with the twister. And got to say that there is something about a Mochizuki match case that as soon as you see him punch someone in the stomach, you know you're in for something.
1: Oh boy, this uh, what what a rough night for Funky Jackie Kame. And I thought it would be a rough night for him when it would go six or seven minutes, but this match goes twelve and a half minutes. And I feel like, with the exception of a few moves, he took everything Mochizuki had. Like I Kame looked great on offense when he was on there, but this was a a just a, a vicious beating from Masaki Mochizuki, and it was thoroughly entertaining.
2: Yeah, and it it had a clear purpose, and it took a while to get to the purpose, which was get the crowd behind Funky Jackie Kamei. Like like he got the deep two counts that really got the crowd into it. But yeah, I know this was just seeing how long he could persevere. And you know, with Dragon Gate time limits, I mean, farther than most he did in a as a young wrestler against Masaki Mochizuki. But I mean, if you've seen a Masaki Mochizuki bullying match, this is what it was. It was it was a solid one. Not one of the best ones, I would say, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. I went three and a quarter.
1: Yeah, I'm at three and a half because I really loved the finish of Kamei slaps Mochizuki in the face, and I'm sitting on my couch, and I went, oh, no, because I didn't know what the receipt was going to be, but I knew the receipt wasn't going to be pleasant. And then sure enough, Mochizuki slaps him in the face in this way that I've never really seen anyone get slapped in the face before. Mochizuki put his entire body into this slap, and took him down there and then hit him with the twister for the win really slow start it started off slow and i go more in line with what what you thought of this match which is it was a deliberate pace to get the crowd behind kamei in some form or fashion i do wonder just because of the way this match started where again it was a little a little squirrely for a second yeah it
2: was a little clunky
1: if mochi being the veteran seeing what Kame seeing what happened to kamei and cork and hall earlier this month even though that show seems like it happened a million years ago it was just earlier this month slowed things down grabbed the headlock faced the hard cam and said okay we're gonna take some deep breaths and we're gonna go on with our match because it did start slower than the usual mochizuki beat down but by the end it got to a point that was still thoroughly enjoyable
2: absolutely and then the post-match uh Mochizuki you know he's a gentleman well like if you were to ask me who's the most gentlemanly person in this roster it's Mochizuki I mean he's just he he just has that countenance about him he offers his hand to the youngster and Kamei smacks it away and Mochizuki went well okay and left the ring
1: it's sick I love I love a little bit of an edge on Kamei the one thing that I wanted to ask you about him we've we've obviously been big turtle chant supporters since the beginning I love him in natural vibes like I like I've been saying on the show I think natural vibes is the most complete unit in all of wrestling. I know who they are. I know what they are. I know what their purpose is. Kame's gear. Are yeah. We, can we get a can we get a vibe check on his gear? What do you think about it?
2: Well, at least he's leaving the overalls down. You know. Yes, uh,
1: we've learned we've learned from Taiji Ishimori and to a lesser extent masada Yoshino about the importance of keeping the straps down. Yeah,
2: the straps are down. Uh. I mean, that it's very clearly like cribbing off KZ, you know. Especially like when KZ would wear the work suit, and it would have like all kinds of like spray paint scrawlings over it, and then he went to the overalls that had some scrawlings on. It. Like, like it's it's cribbing off that, which for now is okay for Kamei, but eventually I feel like Kamei needs to get like actual gear that's a that's a his and not like an homage to his unit leader. For now, it's okay with me. It's not great. Like to be fair, it's not great
1: yeah i'd like to see uh, assuming this unit goes for a while and i anticipate it too i'd like to see what the second version of here his gear looks like because i i'm lukewarm on this i feel like i love the gear that he came into the company with those gray baggy pants that he was using and there's just like this gear isn't flashy he's wearing overalls basically and yeah you've got the graffiti on though but i don't I don't think they totally match his aesthetic, and I was fixating on that for a little bit of this match, so I just want to know your thoughts there, because everyone else in the unit, from KZ to Shimizu to Horiguchi to Susumu, I think their gear works perfectly. Kamei, I'm not crazy about.
2: You know, it's something that, you know, give him time, and he might uh, kind of define his own kind of look in a way. I mean, we've seen how drastically both SB Kento and Hip Hop Kakuda changed their gear when they turned heel, so I'm not too concerned about it I, I i do think the refresh when it comes will be very interesting to see Though,
1: yeah i don't think the gear is holding him back but i also don't think it's doing him any favors if that makes sense
2: right no i i think you're absolutely dead on that up uh, the royal sanbo for this show was kz ut ryo saito super shisa konamao chikawa Sach- sachi boy yosuke san maria problem dragon la Ho hoho loon diamante and die inferno the final two were KZ and Diamante. KZ won with a Hurricane Rana out of the Vuelta finale in 12 minutes and 33 seconds.
1: The final two were KZ and Diamante, but I, I should mention the first man out in this match was Super Shisa. And when I saw that, I was like, here we go. 2006 Royal Rumble, Rey Mysterio Jr. goes the distance. We're doing the same thing with Super Shisa here. This man's going to Rana KZ over the top rope and win this Royal Sambo Battle Royal. And I was devastated when that did not happen.
2: Yeah, yeah. Instead, we got a little flash of prime zone with him and UT, and that was about it. I mean, I, I, I'm sad to report that whatever match A Chikawa had with the Royal Sanbo, it's over now. He got in and immediately, before he could even stand up, was pinned. So that's done. But other than that, I mean, you had the Estrella and Diamante Bart which I mean, we know how great their chemistry are and how great Diamante is with uh, La Estrella, but... Outside of that, this probably like this was fine, but it probably was the the least good. I was gonna say worse, but it's not fair to say because it was it was fine. But this was the least good Royal Sambo so far, in my opinion.
1: Interesting. I'm I'm higher on this than you. I think the uh the, the Sambo that they ran that wasn't in Sambo Hall, the other Kobe venue, whatever that place was called, that was March maybe. When what month did they run not Sambo March, Hall? March. Yeah. God, that was so long ago. I, I was not crazy about that Battle Royal. I thought that one kind of lacked any oomph. This one you had, like you said, you had UT and Super Shisa having a, an abridged prime zone match. They did about a, a minute of Yave stuff. That was awesome. Which went straight into Rio Saito in UT doing some tricked out grappling, which really made me want to see Saito go back to the orange singlet for a night turn back the clock to T2P and grapple with UT. I don't know what venue, I don't know what excuse we need to have to make that happen, but I would really like to see that at some point because I really like their chemistry in this match. Then, like you mentioned, and it's worth noting, not only did Diamante and Estrella immediately pair off once they got in the ring, but they entered at the same time. Like This was a very deliberate decision to get these two in the ring at the same time so Estrella could do his spots. They look great. And then you end up with KZ and Diamante at the end. And I I would say this has about a 1% chance of happening. I don't anticipate it too. But God, could you imagine if KZ wins the Dreamgate uh, at Kobe World, some sort of KZ versus Diamante, like a Cork and Hall defense Dreamgate match? That match sounds so intriguing to me just because I really, really like their chemistry here. Again, I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But seeing KZ and, and Diamante in any sort of singles capacity really opened my eyes i, was like, I really I, I like the way this looks this is very enjoyable
2: yeah the the way that i think that happens is if we want to work shop it out it's probably would have been like diamante's farewell to the promotion you know like whamavuha you know i could see that kind of being that the situation there but yeah no diamante like it's something that probably the most improved wrestler in the world over the period of covid you know just because like it's something that he went from being like, oh, he's here. He's kind of a liability to now like just being a highlight and everything. And I do have written down my notes. When Estrella and Diamante came out together, I was like, oh, one, Diamante has a theme now. That's tight. And two, they they mash up the themes when they come out together. And La Estrella's theme and Diamante's theme kind of go together.
1: Yeah, no, this was a very fun uh, sort of day for me learning all of these entrance themes and again they mix them so i really have like two seconds to go okay this is so-and-so's theme this is so-and-so's theme i had no idea who anybody was and that was a very fun guessing game for me
2: do you know that uh massage music starts with speed star it's like that one middle. i
1: do know uh speed star the dragon kid song i think i think i know yamato's yamato spirit that's good yes. shit uh kz time definitely and the group red song
2: all right those i've
1: got got in my head could not tell you what susumi Yokosuka's theme song was and he's one of my favorite wrestlers ever could (laughs) not even begin to guess what that sounded like and i'm a and i'm a music guy i just i I don't care about wrestling entrances i guess
2: like to be fair the PA system was cranked up in Sambo Hall, I noticed, because you could actually like make out individual lyrics that KZ is rapping. And boy, I, I'm i looking forward to one day sitting down with Andrew Rich and talking about the new version of It's KZ Time 2021, because the, like, the common refrain, and I'm just going off memory, so I am probably on this, is like, Hey, everybody, it's 2021, and that means it's KZ time. What is KZ time? Let me show you
1: just bars bars mike spears this man spits fire
2: yeah and after the match after he won he cut a promo i did not see any translations for this promo but i'm assuming this was a kobe world build promo did you see anything about
1: that no but i think that's a very safe bet to say that he was just building up to the shun skywalker match
2: right and then we had the uh, pre-intermission match this was a interesting match when they announced it it was the uh Masquerade team of Jason Lee and Kota Minoura reuniting, going up against the unaffiliated team of Zushi Kanda and Takashi Yoshida. Minoura submitted uh, Kanda in ten minutes five seconds with the an Ingronaje, and just like off the top, the when we talked about this match last week, it was all going to depend on, all right, is the unaffiliated side hold up there in their deal? And I thought they both brought their working shoes. And I thought this was a, I was I was prepared for this up until the semi main event, the main event to be my match of the night.
1: Yeah, I was not as high on this as you were. I, good effort, good effort from all four guys. It didn't light my world on fire, though, so you have the floor.
2: It just really overdelivered. It was something where, as we saw with the uh, uh, buddy cop team, that it was like, okay, how much is it going to be Mochizuki? And then kind of throughout the team, we kind of realized, like, okay, Yoshida really works as, like, this baby face kind of character, and then we are going to wait and see. Is like, now they're no longer Twin Gate Champions. Is that just going to go away? And know he kept with it Konda as we like we've said for like the last few years babyface veteran Conda is a whole lot of fun I was surprised how much both of these guys were willing to be thrown around by Kota Minora in this match because boy Minora got to do all the suplexes and you know it, it was a fun like three and a half star uh, 10 minute match for me
1: I don't think it's going to happen but I would really like for them to dust off the old summer adventure tag league heading out of Kobe world and for them to do that this year, because it's been, it's been five years since the last summer adventure tag league. And I think uh, between Minora and Lee being a team, let's throw, uh, you know, the unaffiliated duo here of Kanda and Yoshida together, Ashida Sakamoto, Shimizu Susumu, Benkei Dragon Kid, I think Dragon Daya La, would be an interesting combo, SB Kento, and Hyo would be very interesting. Even something like Natural Vibes is a bunch of instre- interesting pairings because you could do Horiguchi and Kamei if you wanted to. I-, I like those guys. You have enough, I think, interesting combinations to do 12 different teams in a suburb Adventure Tag League, and I-, I would really like to see that. If anything, whoever comes out of World as the Twin Gate Champion, you can then use the summer adventure tag league as a vehicle for menorah and lee to get that tag team title shot because i do think they're going to lose the triangle gate belts at kobe world
2: it's something where the summer adventure tag league was always such a problem for because usually at kobe world at least over the last few years it was a big babyface win like they like having babyfaces win at the main event of kobe world and then as we saw like i mean we talked about earlier uh, Akira Dazawa's departure compl- right after the Summer Venture Tag League 2016 was like a one two punch that I'm at least of the belief that Yamato's towering never really recovered from. So maybe that's something that like, I think there is a place for a tag team league. I love, like, there were some tremendous Summer Venture Tag Leagues in years past. I just don't know if you do that in August now. Like, if you ask me, the time I would do it, do it during the cold season. Do it. Uh, between January and March, because that's yeah,
1: that's a, it, I, that's what I was just about to say. Sorry to cut you off there, but either kicking off the year with it, I think, would be interesting, or even post Champion Gate into Dead or Alive. I think you have a period to do it there. Doing it after World is a tough sell, given what happened five years ago with the Yamato title run.
2: Right. Yeah. It's just one of those things that I think there is. Like, and then I was talking with uh, Lorenzo on Twitter and had the idea because. He brought to me, like, oh, you knowing what you like, you need to make sure you watch UT and Shisa and, and this Royal Sambo. And I did, and I loved it. And my response is maybe instead the Summer Adventure Tag League, Summer Adventure Technique League.
1: Shit, Mike Spears, you are on to something there.
2: I mean, you have, you mentioned Radio Saito, bring out the orange thing. Let, you know, let's see. Let, let's get down to the grabs and let's not do like the UWFI thing. Like, like let's just see. uh, lucha libre Classica. No, 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 like
1: that's working so well for other promotions. Let's do the UWFI thing.
2: Hey, my favorite fake MMA match that I've seen over the last like 18 months was Wardlow versus JK here because Wardlow decided to do a Hurricane Rana in the middle of it.
1: No comment. Uh, but no, the Summer Adventure (laughs) Technique League, god, that would be that would be phenomenal. There's again the roster turnover is so huge from the last few Summer Adventure tag leagues we've had 2016. I was thinking about this a few days ago, one in 2016, Ben K was in it as Futa Nakamura. So it's been it's been that long yeah. since we've had a summer adventure tag league and the 2016 version, Cork and Hall was under construction when they did it. So they ran a, a day night doubleheader at Shinjuku Face. So it's been six years since they've had a summer adventure tag league show in Cork and Hall. And for whatever reason, I fixated on that yesterday and thought that was just the wildest thing.
2: I mean, it, it's kind of insane, especially when you think about Summer Venture Tag League shows in Cork and Hall. Like, maybe they're like, you know what? We should maybe avoid Cork and Hall. It seems kind of cursed for this tournament.
1: I guess, but I don't know. I, the 2014 uh, Summer Venture Tag League Cork and Show. I'm going to pull up that card. Oh, it's a great uh, one. Real quick, just because that is, that is the show that has... Uh, yeah, Shima and Gamma versus HNT Hawk, Flamita versus KZ for the Brave Gate belt, Hulk, Dragon Kid, and Mochi versus Tozawa, Yoshino, and Shingo in a six-man, and then a, a Loser Resurrection Survival eight-man tag Captain's Fall match uh, with the Jimmys, Horiguchi, Susumu, Kanda, and Naoki Tanizaki against Doi Yamato, Cyberkonga, and, and Mondai Ryu. That, is, that was a great show. And that Osaka 06 versus Millennials tag match, if you have not seen that, you need to track that down.
2: Yeah, that's a really slept on uh, historically tag match, and I mean Osaka's in a row kind of what it is a slept on tag team in the Dragon gates like like in the tenure. I mean, like they were really solid at times. Like it, it, uh, Gamma is Gamma, but those two together, like maybe it is the fact that they are friends, and you have the Osaka guys together, but th- they had some magic.
1: Let's talk about this Speed Star final countdown in Kobe match, Mike. What did you think of this?
2: Oh, gosh. I absolutely adored this. This was the Tea Tree Cup eight-man tag team match. Speeds our final countdown in Kobe. It was Doi Yoshi teaming up with uh, Masquerades, Shun Skywalker, and Dragon Dia versus R.E.D.'s B.B. Hulk, Kai, S.B. Kento, and Hyo. Yoshino wanted the Sol Naciente in 18 minutes and five seconds on Hyo. I thought this was really, really fun. I like the fact that at the jump, Hyo is still on his big brain bullshit. It was like trying to tell everyone that they are... Their brain was zero and that the other team was zero. The R.E.D. was 100. And the fact that Yoshino and Doyle was like, yeah, we're dumb, cracked me up.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff here. It was also, and, and I, I find this to be worth mentioning, this match went 18 minutes and five seconds. If you look at the rest of the Misato Yoshino matches in 2021, we had the five-minute uh, five draw in April and then the, the homecoming match was 15 minutes, 38 seconds. The match at Dead or Alive was 11 minutes, 56 seconds. The match in Fukuoka was 1441. The match in Akaito was 1519. And the match earlier this month in Corrigan Hall was 1450. So this was his longest match yet. And I will say this gave me some hope that once we hit the end of July and that first day of August, Yoshino can turn back the clock one more time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I went three and three quarters on this. Like, I thought Yoshino looked great in this. I mean, he managed to do the Doomsday Sling Blade for the first time, and gosh, might be that it might be the final gate match—the last time he he was able to do that—and he was moving around really well. Uh, the other thing about this match, Shun Skywalker and SBK facing off a bunch of this—Jesus this
1: Christ, spicy! Mike. God damn, SBK so good, and it's what I will continue to say. I think his in-ring is the least evolved of everything he does, which is frightening to think about. But, oh my god, these two together, and SB Kento and Dragon Daya, like, we mentioned this last week, and then I saw uh, on Twitter, Alan Forel mentioned that he really liked the SBK Dragon Daya chemistry, which means you know it's a good take when when Alan's co-signing it as well. But, I I just, uh, the, the Dreamgate and SB Kento, it's going to happen sooner rather than later and i can't believe it but you watch him in there against shun and if you didn't know that sb kento was a 21 year old you wouldn't think anything of it you would think this is a guy primed for a main event position
2: yeah and it's something where i i mean this was going to happen with him with how they ran dead or alive and how clear it was going to be that he was going to kind of uh he wouldn't be pulling focus for a bit and you know he's still having these like tremendous matches and you know you're absolutely right like he's really like as we've seen in June he's really like things maybe have fallen into place in a way so I'll be real interested to see how this kind of permeates through through August because yeah he has that he has that chemistry of Daya that we talked about he has chemistry of Shun like if Shun gets out of Kobe world SB Kento is waiting for him and I think that that could be a very bold match to put at uh dangerous gate, but I can't discount it out of hand.
1: Oh, if well that that's the interesting thing with SB Kento. If his first Dreamgate challenge, let's say it happens, let, let's say we know what's happening this year, and we don't, but let's just play the game of we know at some point in 2021 SB Kento was challenging for the Dreamgate title. If it's against KZ, I think you have to give the nod to KZ. If it's SP Kento versus Shun Skywalker, I think that means SP Kento's winning the belt, which is a crazy proposition, but under the the very vague circumstances that I just laid out there, I think that is the far more likely reality.
2: Yeah, it, it's really really fascinating. Like it's it, it it's something that hey, we talked about this I talked about this with Yoshino just earlier. Looking back at the first 3 years of SP Kento's career is going to be really fascinating. Just because, like, with the... And you can't even, like, say, like, Okada did this because Okada went on an excursion and then he came back to be this world beater. But out of the gates, like, the closest comp is Utami Hayashashida. And Utami only got the red belt the last year. So it took her several years into her career. But we're talking about someone who, I mean, unless it happens at Final Gate, it, and this thing you're proposing, you're talking about someone that before he has his second anniversary show could be dream champion.
1: Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know if that's going to happen, but you pitched me that idea and I, I can't say for certainty that it won't. And this is a guy who, you know, I mentioned this with hip hop, Kakuta all the time, uh, because he has not wrestled a match in front of a normal crowd. He debuted in an empty arena and then has only worked clap crowds. SP Kento's had three months of real crowd interaction, right? And I, 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 you know, we've heard it at times where fans have broken protocols because of things SB Kento has done, both when he was wrestling as Kento Kabune and then later as SB Kento. I know when these crowds are able to make noises again, this is a guy that's going to be getting white hot reactions wherever they go.
2: Absolutely. It's going to be a, a real fascinating fall for him. Just like not even around the title shop, but that idea of he lost dead or alive that usually is something that either says you're being cycled down for a bit or you're getting in this big push. Obviously, for him, it seems like that they went with the cycle down path with him. His fall, especially given the fact that we're kind of in stasis in the unit shuffle, Eta is doing his thing with uh, No sallow right now, but that is not going to be a permanent thing. But eventually, there's going to be this big R.E.D. storyline. And, you know, as soon as it seems like that everything's in the clear, it's going to be real fascinating because S.P. Kento will be one of the prime players in this.
1: Well, it's funny you say he was cycled down because I think it feels that way because of how hard he was being pushed. But then you have to remember a month after Dead or Alive, he's in the semifinals of King of Gate. right? And then a month after that, or not even a month after that, he's now challenging for the Triangle Gate belts in a well-built and seemingly important match at Kobe World where I have no doubt that he is going to be getting the winning fall in that match. And that is somehow cycled down compared to how he was treated at the start of the year.
2: Right, yeah, and when you say cycle down, like there's really are a couple paths coming out of out of dead or life cage matches, and his wasn't the big one, you know, like that's that's what I'm saying. But yeah, no, it's gonna be fascinating, especially because yeah, he he, I at this point four weeks out, I'm I, I'm with you. I think he's gonna lock on the SB shooter onto Jason Lee in that match. Tremendous stuff. That's gonna be so good. Yep, and then, speaking about tremendous trios matches the return of the three-way six-man tag team match, the Dragon System specialty. We had high-ends Dragon Kid and Bensuke of Benke and KSK versus Natural Vibes, King Shimizu and Ginky Horiguchi and Susumi Yokosuka, and then Ata and Kaido Ishida and Kazuma Sakamoto. So really fascinating. You had a guy and then established tag teams on each of these trios. The two falls of the match were Shimizu, Penny and Kaido Ishida with his Version of the Log straw is called the Zuki no Yafune, or I th- I remember they were calling it the Shimizu-style thing, but I, I guess it has a proper name now. In 18 minutes and 5 seconds, and then we had just another minute, and Benkei pensusumu with a spear in 1907. So high-end wins this match, but Natural Vibes gets the first fall directly on the Twin Gate champion, Kaido Ishida, and that set up an interesting two days for the Twin Gate coming ahead at the end of the month and into August. It will be Dragon Kid and Benkei getting a title shot. But it will also be Suzumi Yokosuka and King Shimizu getting a title shot. King Shimizu and Suzumi Yokosuka are getting it at Kobe World. Then Dragon Kid and Benkei are getting it at Speedstar Final.
1: Let's talk about the booking of that real quick before we talk about this match. Because I don't have a ton to say on the main event of this Kobe show. Love the booking of the Twin Gate. In this particular instance, I love that. It's going to be a and Sakamoto in a two on two match against Yokosuka and Shimizu, which are two guys that I don't, I don't think they've ever teamed before. And it's a really exciting team to look at. So I love that. And then going into the next night. And again, you're going to hear this a lot over the next month on the show, because I'm afraid that other people are going to say things otherwise, but the second night in Kobe, which is not Kobe World Night Two. It is Speed Star Final. And as of right now, we have no inclination that there will ever be another two night Kobe festival uh, in the summer of in the summer of a year again. Speed Star Final, the winners of that match going on to Drankid and Ben K, which is another really fun first time team. I'm all about this. I, I think this is the most exciting way to do it. And I think Ishida and Sakamoto versus Susumu and Shimizu could be an outstanding, outstanding match.
2: Yeah, I feel like that, I mean, all three combinations, what we could have, or yeah, I mean, the, the three matches that we could potentially be having over this, if it is the fact that R.E.D. wins the first night and then goes up against Dragon Kid and Binkai, or if it is Natural Vibes winning. I think all three of those matches are pretty fascinating in their own way. I think that Shimizu has great chemistry both with Ben and with Dragon Kid, so that would work. And of course, as we saw in this match, really the two stars of this match were Binke and Susumi Yokosuka. Everyone can calm down. Benkei is back and being featured now in this company in a big way. (laughs) And There's a
1: bunch of stuff here that people need to calm down on, because you not only have Benkei, who just looks like a total world-beater here, but they paired off, and I thought this was interesting, they paired off the three big guys quite a bit in this match. You had Sakamoto and Shimizu and Benkei together, and despite the fact that he did a dancing entrance, I'll tell you what, King Shimizu sure looked like a fucking ass kicker in there with Ben K and Cosmo Sakamoto.
2: I mean, best shape of his career, ass kicker, getting his groove on. It is good to be King Shimizu right now. Like, he looked fantastic. I mean, it, it, as I've said, uh, just offhandly, if you can't take it, fast forward 90 seconds. Like, and then it's gonna be the Shimizu that you know. And, Yes, he will bust out a dance, but I mean, Shimizu has always been, you know, a little bit of a wacky guy. So what difference is that between him going like his big pump up for the shot put slam? This one has hip gyrations.
1: (laughs) Uh, The... The fact that Shimizu has kept the Lamahi straw in his arsenal, the fact that he used that to pin Ashida, I, I popped huge for that. I think that's so awesome that he's keeping that going forward. That is a tremendous flash pin for him, one that I would imagine in a normal world would get a big reaction pretty much any time he busted it out. So that's a huge win. The other thing that I really liked in this match was the Ashita susumu pairing. We've seen these guys have a singles match before where Ashita beat Susumu and then went on to hold the Brave Gate title for 364 days. Here they went at it once again. And the spot that I love that Susumu does, and he does it primarily against Mochizuki where Susumu's throwing the lariats and Mochizuki is kicking them away. He did that with Kaito Ishida here. And oh my God, were they f- putting everything they had into these strikes. Susumu was whipping his arm forward and Kaito Ishida was kicking the hell out of his arm I thought that th- very brief spot, but I thought that looked absolutely terrific.
2: Yeah, this all rocked. And did you notice that Ishida sold the knee afterwards? <laughs> like uh, I like noticed, that. I was like, oh, okay, I I see, I see, you, Kaito. I see you doing that. But it it, it was something that, that that like unlike the traditional three ways, this did not start off all sprint. It took a while to get going. Really, the flashpoint was when Ben got tagged into the match, and then we had the Susumu Ishida pairing and then really down the final stretch the 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 match became about Benkei and and Susumi Yokosuka, and the two of them just just went at it and you know it was awesome to see and you know came away three and three quarters this is not this will not make any list of the best three-way six-man tags but you know for for a Kobe Sambo Hall show I'm perfectly happy having that there
1: yeah this is the kind of stuff that just for whatever reason they've moved away from doing in. cork and hall i don't really get it it's cool that sambo gets these these types of matches now but yeah three and three quarters for me as well and
2: then afterwards we had all the challenges and everything was set up there and that was it for kobe sambo hall really fun show as we said nothing world beating but a lot of important steps were taken on the path to kobe world and speedstar final
1: Yeah, no, very enjoyable show. Like I said, nothing hitting the spreadsheet, but everything worthwhile.
2: And looking ahead, they are touring through... uh, They are not touring right now. They'll be touring the 3rd and the 4th. They'll be in Shizuoka and Fukui. 7th, they'll be up in Nagoya. Ninth, they'll be returning to the network with Cork and Hall. 10th, they'll be in Shizuoka. 11th, they'll be back in KBS Hall. And then closing out the month, they will have one more show in Kobe Samba Hall on the 22nd. And then the two night double header kobe world pro wrestling festival 2021 on the 31st and speed star final on august 1
1: big month ahead really one of the bigger months we've ever had in the history of drangate the of course masada yoshina retirement kobe world which is loaded i mean at this point we have We have our big matches, Kobe World July 31st, Kaisuke Akuda versus Genki Horiguchi for the Brave Gate Belt, Dragon Dia, Jason Lee, and La Estrella versus SB Kento Diamante and Dia Inferno for the Triangle Gate Belts, Kaito Ishida and Kazuma Sakamoto versus Susumu Yokosuka and King Shimizu for the Open the Twin Gate Championships, and of course, your main event, Shun Skywalker defending the top prize in the promotion, the Open the Dream Gate Championship, and he is doing that against KZ. It's
2: interesting... That you look at the big matches, and KZ's the oldest person. I, I don't know Diamante's that age. Oh, well, I mean...
1: Well, I guess you got Sasumu.
2: Susumu and Kiki. I I take back that point. I was going to make a point about the youth revolution there being uh, unfocused. But only, I could re-gear this case. Watch me. We are not seeing any of the big six in title matches, which we're kind of expecting. But we're also... Misaki Mochizuki is not a really in a featured match as well. Ryo Saito not really doing that. Uh, Yamato big six, of course. It's going to be interesting how they pay- piece together this uh, lower card on the show because I'm assuming it'll be an, it'll be there'll be three more matches, but getting everyone in those three matches will be really interesting to see.
1: You mentioned no big six, even just with the tone of this promotion this no, year. Eta. I don't think. That's Yes, that's what I was going to say. Sorry. (laughs) No, no, no. But with the tone of this promotion this year, I don't think it's an indictment on Ada, but all of a sudden you look around, Ada's been with the promotion for 10 years, and you go, oh, he's kind of old now. Like, it's just... And it's not that Ada's old. He's, you know, in his early 30s, if that. But it's just the youth movement is absolutely insane.
2: Yeah, and it's something where, like... We've talked about this before. There now is... uh, Pedro de I mean, that's the I don't see much different with this than what Mochizuki does with him's alliance right now. It seems like that he is kind of just keeping busy until they're going to deal with this R.E.D. thing. Ata doesn't turn 30 until the end of October.
1: Jesus Christ. I and, didn't realize he was that young. And last
2: year was all about Ada. Last year was Ata's year. And he is not in a featured match, which makes sense with how everything is going, but it's just kind of Hey, it's really interesting to take a step back and look at what Kobe world is going to shape up to be now that we are about four weeks out
1: yeah I'm looking forward to it I think that show is going to be excellent we're going to say goodbye to Masaudi Yoshino on August 1st that's going to be uh in my personal life a very busy weekend for me uh, we're gonna to have to figure out the coverage for that uh but I'm looking forward to it because those shows are going to be well worth staying up into the wee hours of the night for
2: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, is there anything else you want to hit on before we got out of here?
1: No, sir, Mike Spears. Let's go home.
2: So you could follow us on Twitter at Open Voice Gate. You can follow Case underscore in your case. You can follow me at Fujiheya. Thank you all for listening to Open Voice Gate. We'll be back next time. Take care